and welcome to the Hiri Media episode. I am a glitch, or am I? And I'm joined by Frank. Frank, how are you doing? Hello, Leon. I am enthralled by a black tower that slew me on the horizon. I'm compelled to it for some reason. Oh, sick. Yeah, you should definitely look at that black tower. Yeah, I should go in, actually. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Gotta find and out. And we're joined by someone. Wow. We are. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, my name is Leslie, um, and I am just a human string of bad code. Hell yeah. <laughs> the first the first uh guest that like gets it right away that's, that's absolutely right. well they, they have been on here before uh they, they have been they're part of the illustrious thanks for the memories yes okay cool, <laughs> cool, cool, cool. i'm terrible with names it's, it <laughs> no, doesn't reflect start, on you guys i'm gonna start saying it that way now it's like hey welcome to thanks for the memories, memories. <laughs> yeah i get 10 percent of that Yes, um, there you go. <laughs> Finders fee. <laughs> no, uh, so yeah, they have been on here before, and uh, so, so glad to have you on again. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is great. Yeah, and we're gonna talk about not vampires, but... not vampires. No, gonna but... take a gonna take a break. <laughs> we're gonna talk about uh, analog horror. Hell yeah! So I really love analog horror, and when you approached me, it was like, hey. Do you have anything that you want to talk about? I was like, oh, absolutely, I do. <laughs> I have many things. <laughs> but I think analog horror would be super appropriate for, you know, kind of the we're in post spooky times, but it's still, you know, the embers are still burning. Um, and yeah, in, in this digital age, it's like the perfect uh, medium of, oh, yeah. of creepiness. <laughs> yeah, it's a relatively new uh, form of horror, if we can call it that. It's like one of his later editions. Yeah, definitely. So it's it's a subgenre of like found footage horror. Um, you know, like obviously Blair Witch and its you know genre spawning yeah. um, <laughs> sort of deal. Um, but I think the big differences um, between found footage and analog horror is that um, found footage is still like a very passive form of storytelling where like you are watching something happen happening to someone else like a demon or the Blair Witch or you know a ghost or whatever menacing people Mm -hmm. and analog horror is really interesting because the medium itself is the monster and you are an active participant in being threatened and being menaced (laughs) I love that conceptualization yeah no definitely um it was new to me like I knew what it was, but I didn't know the name Analog Horror belonged to it. So when I was like, hey, person that has been on here before, do you want to like, you know, uh, come on to like talk about a singular thing or whatever? And uh, I was like, oh, I was like expecting a video game or something because you can't talk about it on Thanks for the Memories. And <laughs> it's, it's, I'm, I'm, we're going to keep it. Um, it's, uh, I was like expecting, oh, well, you know, something outside of the uh, vampire zone or whatever. And I wasn't wrong. But I thought it's like a singular object. But yeah, Leslie uh, presently uh, pleasantly surprised us with uh, like a whole <laughs> concept of things to talk about. Yeah, I just think it's I, I don't know what it is. I think the first time I ever saw anything that could be considered analog horror was um, the YouTube channel Local 58. Yeah. Um, which I, I mentioned as one of the, you know, um, you know, when you mentioned like what kinds of things are analog horror, that was definitely the first one that I that yeah. I uh, thought came to mind. Um, and I think it's really cool because I think the most important and fascinating thing about analog horror is that it is it's playing off your sense of fear, but it's not directed at anything. You know, like I said, it's not a monster. It's not a ghost. It's just your basest, most animalistic instinct. Like it is playing on your flight. Mm-hmm choice of your fight or flight response um and it can do that with so many different uh you know themes and subjects and and methods of storytelling and like the 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 way that things look um it definitely um a big thing about it is playing off of nostalgia you know because you Mm. you tend to think of nostalgia as like a comforting thing you know thinking back to things about your childhood that made you feel like warm and safe and stuff and completely perverting that and twisting that I don't know why it fascinates me so much I just think it's so like it's just so cool 
No, definitely. I yeah, it's definitely something uh because it is so new and uh and it indeed plays with all these older things at the same time. It's such a worthwhile addition to the spectrum of horror in that mm-hmm. spe- uh, in that uh in that way. I don't want to like lay out uh like a uh, permeable borders between this is acceptable addition, this isn't acceptable addition. I don't like that. But to me, I find it uh I, I gravitate towards the idea that uh if you want to do add something new, it's it's really cool if you reconceptualize and reutilize these old things uh in a new context. And the thing that I, I started off with local fifty eight because that's fifty eight. Fifty eight, I think. I always want to say thirty eight, and I don't think that's right. <laughs> local fifty eight, I'm pretty sure. Uh, local fifty eight, yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> that's a bad thing. Nice. But um, it, that one was so interesting because it was like uh, precisely what you said. Like it, um, so it, it engages with this fight or flight thing. But I would go like uh, I'm going to be a pretentious asshole just right away out of the gate this time. Um, <laughs> it's it, it engages with like maybe even like deeper things, as in just primal sensations of anxiety and mm-hmm. anticipation. Now, the anxiety is not necessarily that primal, as in it's a combination of maybe primal elements that I don't know anything about because I'm not a psychologist, but I do know a little bit about how fear is constructed, and I've like read stuff about that. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting how it, analog horror engages with this anticipation, with this, because when I was watching 58, a local 58. I was like, okay, where's the jump scare? Where, come on, let's just, let's just get yeah, this over and with. There, where, there really and it doesn't. aren't that many, yeah. It's really... Precisely, and yeah. it's like, it's still creepy, but it doesn't, um, another, like another point, like analog horror isn't very interested in adhering to what is currently, quote unquote, or has always been, quote unquote, popular in mainstream horror, mm-hmm. despite using some of the, once again, be building towards anticipation and playing with that. So it has this really interesting relationship with adaptation, I would argue. Yeah, and and I um, I'm really picky about contemporary horror. Um, mm. I don't really like the whole um, like Insidious or like The Conjuring. I think those movies are really boring, um, <laughs> and I just don't think there's anything really. Um, I don't think there's anything really creative or interesting about jump scares, particularly. I think it's just, Mm -hmm. I think the thing that's so good about analog horror is that it gets way more emotional and way more cerebral and way more like deeply unnerving. It sticks with you longer. It like clings to your bones. (laughs) And then movies like The Conjuring or whatever are just cheap jump scares, which is just your body reacting to an unexpected stimuli. And yeah. that's not fear. Like, that's not scary. It's just, like, a natural reaction that's yeah. happening to your body. Whereas stuff like Local 58 and Analog Horror is, like, really permeating your entire, like, getting into your core. And I just think that's so fascinating. Yeah. And, like, the multi-layered aspect of that with, like, the music and, like, the... Uh, so a big part of Analog Horror is, like, uh, VCR, like, CCTV-type footage. Yeah, that kind of fuzzy... The yeah. noise and that mm. feedbacky kind of yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's like um, this interesting episode by a YouTuber called uh, Age Bomber Guy, I believe, with oh uh, yeah <laughs> the Scandline episode where when he said like oh when I watched this horror movie on VCR because it wasn't very clear these things scenes like uh, Chainsaw uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and like Terminator Two I believe he cited I'm not quite sure it's been forever I'm so sorry dear listener but. Um, <laughs> Uh, those were a lot scarier because it wasn't that clear and now when this blu-ray hd etc etc versions come out it's way more defined and it's like oh it isn't no longer that scary anymore and i think analog horror uh, takes that on in a very interesting way yeah absolutely um so the the skinamarink which is the movie that (laughs) you know has really like accelerated the popularity of analog horror i feel like right um it was really good about kind of being vague and like yeah. there's a scene, I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's a scene at the end where it's very like staticky and kind of dark and you can kind of see a face, but not really. And it's very blurred out and kind of, you know, it's almost there, but it's not really. And I think that stuff is really cool because like, I don't like, I, you know, I hate in horror movies where they do like the research and they find out like, Oh, the ghost is, 
<laughs> is the house is being haunted by the ghost of an old lady who need had revenge or wanted to get revenge on and it's like it's not that's not interesting let my brain fill in the gaps because yes. my brain yeah. particularly my brain can think of such much more scarier <laughs> shit than anything <laughs> that you could that you could show to me and i think yeah. i think that's what's really cool about skinamarine because that it plays with not just visually but mentally like you filling in and trying to recognize these patterns and trying to look for a face in in this just like blue image i I love that you said that because like uh these were actually going to be my three main points but we're already going through (laughs) we're just blowing through baby this is going to be a a a little a little pocket episode (laughs) well done everyone congratulations (laughs) yeah speed run any percent (laughs) it's uh the thing that i was going to say as well like analog horror uh, then reminds me of like um occult imagery so the occult imagery is usually like linked to like, oh, it's scary, ooh, spooky, and it can be, sure, why not? <laughs> but it's but it also was trying to communicate the incommunicable. I was like trying to play with that, and like uh, Frank and I had like years ago we had a discussion, uh, not on the episode I believe, but we had a discussion about how PS One graphics uh, were yes. like more interesting for horror than modern <laughs> graphics in a certain way, because once again, it's the same thing that we said before just now. But it's like it tries to it creates this canvas in which your own imagination can like seep into its grooves. And this mm. is exactly like what both occult imagery and uh, the more blocky, like less uh, defined crispy textures and so forth and so on, both facilitate. And analog horror, once again, so sorry, dear listener, uh, but plays with that very interestingly. And I think exactly what you just said, like I, I feel quite similarly. That's so funny that you mentioned PS1 graphics because there is an analog horror YouTube series called Petscop, which is literally like PlayStation 1 graphics. This guy is like playing, he's like doing a let's play of a video game that he found in his aunt's basement or whatever. It's like, (laughs) that's the lore. Um, And it is like very blocky, weird, nothing really makes sense. And it is very grainy, that PS1 kind of kind of feel so that's so funny that's another one that i highly highly recommend and it's another one that it doesn't tell you the story it kind of lets you it it puts the pieces in front of you and lets you kind of like make what you want out of it which is really interesting so yeah i think that's uh that's precisely like how a lot of modern like recent additions to great uh big genres like horror for example uh tend to function nowadays because uh, there's also like this element of a budget. Like analog horror is like you know, uh, it's, it's not for not that we just mentioned a couple of YouTube channels and not like big. Uh, yeah, well, we or did even Cinemarink, but yeah, even Skinnerink. I think the budget was like oh my god, it's like fifteen thousand dollars. He shot it in his parents' Whoa. house, like <laughs> it's, uh, very super low budget. Wow. <laughs> yeah. The problem always is that when people say Skinnerink, I'm reminded of the Joe Biden AI voice in the house of Skinnerink. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I, you, you mentioned it, and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I, 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 such, okay. and, but yeah, it's I love that like the little phone from Skinnerink became like oh, a yeah, meme, sort the, of kind of. That's the thing about about the like perversion of nostalgia. Like it takes your Legos, it takes your Barbies, it takes your it, even your Saturday morning cartoons. You know they they replay that that clip of the of the rabbit and the and the dog, um, just over and over and over for this like really grotesque effect. Um, and yeah, so all these things that like brought you comfort as a child are now completely terrifying as an adult watching this watching this movie i think the only downside that i would say about skinnamarink i i do like it i like it a lot i uh it just again it was one of those things that got stuck in my craw and i thought about it for a really long time after i watched it i feel like uh i feel like you cannot draw out that kind of unnerving feeling and that kind of tension for a feature-length film yeah. I feel like it either needed to be like 40 minutes or you could go the opposite direction and have it be like 10 hours long and make it almost like an art installation where you can like come leave and come back to it. I think that would be really interesting. Yeah. Hmm. No, I once again, I always love like um, additions to genre that play with its standard format. Mm-hmm. That's the simplest way I can say it, I suppose. Um once again, it might not be good, but I always maintain the philosophy that I'd rather have you shoot from the moon and only come halfway than try to do anything safe. 
with the hypersaturation yeah. of everything, like video games, uh, TV, uh, movie, whatever. The uh, this, despite COVID happening, there are still more media products than fucking ever, and it's <laughs> just like, uh, and and they all play it safe. Like nobody can like, I don't know. Like if you look at the percentage of like things that are released nowadays, like maybe two to three percent is like talked about for longer than i don't know like a month two months yeah this like rapid like like chewing up and spitting out of media and so like that that's so funny because i've always thought about that it's like man we're really just like churning through stuff and not really like sitting with it and engaging with it but like yeah then something like skinnamarink comes around and it's like well it's been you know, a few months, like almost a year since that movie came out. I think over a year now, actually. Um, and I'm still thinking about it. I think about that movie like four times. That's my Roman Empire. The skin of oh, I think about that movie all the time. Oh. <laughs> no, but it's, yeah. It's, uh, so that in combination with like the budget thing, I think is what makes a thing uh, worth engaging with. Like, oh, we're trying to, yes, we are constrained. Not to poeticize poverty or anything like that but it's by like constraining yourself you will have to think outside the box in simple mm-hmm. terms and that's something that analog horror i think definitely does um and that's in combination with uh then also like repurposing once again uh repurposing this these imageries um i found this one very interesting from local 58 about like how america has fallen or something Oh um, yeah. <laughs> there's this emer- this VCR tape, I believe that's being played in like on this test channel like playing on loop and that like has such uh uh to like pick on something that might be nostalgic but also not great. Like there's this uh, whole gallery of like Cold War imagery about mm-hmm. like okay, what do we do when the Russians invade or something like that. And uh, like but that's such a interesting uh, well, it's just interesting because a it's a different America than America is now. The idea that anyone could invade America now is like sacrilegious. And like yeah. <laughs> uh, once again, not American. I'm so sorry, but I, I do feel I have studied quite a bit, so <laughs> I feel comfortable <laughs> in saying and depending on what I hear from my American family, so I do have a connection to it. Um, I do find that uh, so interesting to revisit this nostalgic fear because, like you said earlier, like. Fear and joy can be equally nostalgic, but we don't use the word nostalgic. We we, yeah. we are more we are more prone to call trauma than no- yeah. nostalgia, <laughs> I suppose. There is something to that, but yeah. So this 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 video of repeating like "Oh, America has fallen, but we'll never conquer our spirit." Blah blah blah. That type of imagery is just not made anymore, both in the VCR way and in the ideological way. And to repurpose that, I found very interesting. Yeah, and I think what's very funny about that one that that episode in particular is that, um, you know, you kind of that sort of like Cold War E Americana vibe was very much like, oh, the government will take care of me. And the whole time the the text on the screen is like basically like go kill yourself, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, before before whatever threat is on its way gets to you, like take care of yourself first. And it's like, wow, you really like not only flipped it, but like to, just took it to the furthest possible end, which is so like, it's just so fascinating. Just so crazy. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel, Frank? Yeah. You've said a lot already <laughs> this episode, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, there's, there's plenty of reasons for that. Uh, it's it's no surprise to anyone, I think, at this point that I'm I'm not the person to go to about horror. Um, <laughs> I appreciate it from a big distance most of the time. <laughs> Uh, but all, all those points I, I think are so interesting. Uh, I mean, something that Leon and I talk about quite a bit and something that I think about a lot is high fidelity and, you know, this extreme level of detail and whatnot and, and this like pristine look, like playing with form like this, like, you know, the, the CRT scan lines, the, the VHS feel, like to play with form like this or the, the PS1 graphic style that a lot of games have been been released in that specific look like like uh what's the word um cuz you have like the high resolutions and then you have like devolutions but oh, yeah, I don't yeah. think that's the word yeah, yeah okay. devolution right um that effectively are, are going for like this much limited 
graphical style, this much limited uh, portrayal, like these low resolution textures and whatnot, and how that creates a specific effect. I mean, and, you know, VHS and CRT has that impact. And the things that are nostalgic and, and things that are, aren't always, uh, things that have always been scary to me. And I think, like, this displaying on this eerie creepiness that lingers, that stays, that sticks with you. And, like, I, I mean, one of the things that comes to mind, obviously, is, like, a creepypasta thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember I didn't see any of those because I do not have the heart for it. But I, ha- I remember a close friend telling me about a few at school. And that bothers me to this fucking day. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing a, a lot better about it, but it, it freaked me out so much. So, like, it, it's... And at the same time, I feel like there's something so alluring about that. Like, I want to know these... Where things get blurred, where these lines get eerily crossed... And it's not clear, oh, it's just a film, oh, it's just a thing, it's just this sort of... It's like, you know, it could be. It <laughs> sounds like it. It looks like <laughs> it. You know, it, it, it gets to that border. And, and I, I think the... I don't have many examples because, again, not a horror person. But I do listen to horror vanguard a lot. Um, <laughs> so, out. so the one that... Shout <laughs> out to HV. <laughs> always, always. Uh, but the one that comes to mind is like the WNUF Halloween special, um, which is a 2013 movie. I didn't remember when it was from. That is filmed in like 80s cameras and in this VHS feel, and that is supposed to look like you know a a regular TV station like Halloween special program. But things go weird, and the fact that like this is the presentation, this is the form, this is the video, these are the cameras, like it all feeds into what it's doing. And like this uh, unity of means and form and resources in a way that creates this really weird effect. And it's apparently like a horror comedy kind of thing. Uh, it's 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 a, an episode that's got some years at, at this point. But even then, that's enough to be unnerving. And yeah. like just from what you're talking about, analog horror and this stuff that like, is glitchy and weird and strange and sticks with you. It seems like I have another type of horror that I really need to run away from (laughs) (laughs) for my own sake. Well, I think what's so interesting about it, like visually and aesthetically is that we don't really have, you know, media that degrades as much as VHS does. Yeah. You know, that, you I, I, I've never seen those weird like lines that go up and down or like you have to, you know, you, no, if I asked like a 20 year old <clears throat> how to like change the tracking on a VHS player, their like brain would just explode in, in their ears or whatever. Um, so like, yeah, I'm old as shit. Um, so I think I think that is also a, a part of it, too. It's like a reminder of like this this decay and this like like almost a weird like memento mori it's like well if this yes you know if this vhs tape is is you know on its way to being (laughs) to being destroyed like nothing is you know permanent in this world so yeah i i do find analog horror um uh yet again it has this very similar but slightly different achievement that we have already talked about but in a meta contextual way i think analog horror is such a victory over mainstream media in a sense that we uh, that the nostalgia once again the determining factor of analog horror as we as we have very subtly established over the last twenty minutes um, that, that this nostalgia is like weaponized quote unquote by uh, mainstream studios the fucking uh, terrible I hate, I hate them so much they are so empty uh, the the CGI um, uh, live quote unquote live action but it's not live action uh, Disney movies like the oh, Lion King oh, apparently God. you're gonna get a fucking uh, not that Mufasa, uh, the prequel movie in that style. I'm like, that's <laughs> congratulations. It's original. Oh, it's Looking literally what nobody has asked for ever. And actually, you're undoing the character of Mufasa in the original story by doing a prequel. No, my my point mm-hmm. being is that we have we are like hit by a wave of wave of wave of nostalgia. Uh, the fucking uh, the new. Uh, sequel trilogy of star wars for instance like look it's it's the ship it's the ship that you like it's it's don't you don't you like that make <laughs> clap in the audience when you're in the movies for some fucking reason <laughs> yeah um, it's like, like dance monkeys 
<laughs> yeah, and like, um, and then there's like a more subtle but still terrible execution of this where uh, in La La Land, I believe, uh, the, which wants to be singing in the rain so fucking bad. And it's like, mm-hmm. just watch singing in the rain, yeah. for fuck's sake. So it's, it's, I'm just, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get that. And apparently it still sells well. Uh, that Lion King movie made a fucking billion dollars or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's just baffling. I, I hate it here oh, so much. So it, it, it works, apparently. But I want, uh, then there usually is then this push for a false binary thinking or false, false economy, but like, oh, nostalgia? Bad, actually. I'm like, no, uh, it's, it's never that simple. Please stop talking like that online. Please, I, I'm not asking for a lot. <laughs> but um, it's, it's just, I don't know. I think, once again, analog horror is such a victory over those two things because it's, once again, reinvigorates this nostalgia in a very interesting way. Yeah, and I think I think the thing about analog horror and the way that it's, you know, the way that it uses the visual style of like old VHS tapes or whatever is that it it is more personal. You know, like I I remember yeah. I used to do like theater and stuff in in middle school and high school, so I have and my I'm an only child, so I, my parents were very spoiled, like spoiled me rotten. Um so yeah. I have hours and hours and hours of like old timey footage oh, old timey you know what i mean <laughs> old timey footage of like of me and like plays and stuff and and that yeah that 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 uh grittiness that graininess that that um you know the the lines and the static and all that stuff is there in all those old tapes so like that feels very personal to me it feels very like i grew up with that mm. so like seeing those sort of like visual uh, effects like really impact me as opposed to like yeah it's like oh it's hey it's the AT 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 don't you love that like do you don't you love the imperial walker like you know <laughs> slop up this this nostalgia piggy it's like no like it needs to come from something personal like something that i connected with you know in my youth and that's just yeah so i don't yeah i don't know analog horror just really does it for me i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> no, but it makes perfect sense because once again, it's it takes this thing and does something different with it. Like it yeah. takes ant- yeah. anticipatory feeling and so forth and so on. It's not just holding up the same card again, like this feast of recognition. Like okay, cool, and then what? Um, yeah, like- there's a big difference between like showing you things from your childhood and showing you things that that recreate the feelings you felt in your childhood. Definitely, yeah. And- because like a two name a somewhat positive example that I like like when I was younger I used to like uh, rip like um, dr- uh, radio dramas from like online they were in terrible quality but it did make <laughs> it sound like I was like listening to this old timey speaker or something and like I do still have like fond memories to terrible quality books on tape type of stuff mm-hmm. and to like I revisited like a book that I uh, read like well listened to um, ages ago and I was like it felt so weird because it was like a crispy clear recording because I, I I know what sites to use now. Um, <laughs> I'm no longer 12. And it's it's just, I, I no longer have to like, you know, send my PC to Planned Parenthood for like visiting the wrong sites. But it's it's just, it was, I, I, I messed up a lot. But my point being is that, so that type of nostalgia was like, oh, I, I kind of wish it was like worse quality or something. And yeah. And, but that's like I don't mind that because once again, it is that is not pers- uh, purposeful. It is not like a big corporation to to remind people that we are a leftist podcast. Um, this is not a big corporation like shoving it down your throat. Like, look, enjoy this. It's like just a personal relationship that I develop with a thing that stays personal. And I think yeah. that is like such a crucial difference uh, with like all that's going on right now. I agree. I totally agree. Thank you. Um. Yeah, no, I think like um, it's interesting playing on that nostalgia in a way that's like, yeah, no, you remember this thing, but also this thing isn't always, it's not as simple, it's not as clear. And I think that's the example of this this Cold War imagery and and, and this construction like plays on this. Yeah, there was all that cool stuff, but also there there's a lot of weird stuff, right? A lot, a lot of it wasn't good. What if you know we we take that again or think about it again and and, and put it more recently, right? Mm-hmm. Or think about I don't know something that l- early two thousands like websites that like mm-hmm. that look, oh god how that th- that very simplistic kind of design and like 
I, I can just picture how you can turn that on its head and make it extremely creepy. Oh, and I mean, like, um, the, 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 this, the, this is jump scare, but it's kind of that feeling or kind of that play, like uh, the maze game, if you remember that. No, uh, where it's just that. like this, it's like a simple maze game. I think there's five levels and like it, it gets progressively more complicated with the point it's like, oh, and you you move your cursor like with a mouse and you, you get closer, like finding out what it is. At the very end, when you complete the final level, uh, there's a, an exorcist flash jump, sc- uh, jump scare oh. on the screen. Yeah, now I remember. Oh, no. <laughs> and, like it's very simple, but it's it's very it's extremely effective. On like, yeah, yeah, bam. <laughs> yeah. And playing with that. So, like, I think that's, um, you know, that that might be a more interesting jump scare because, like, that is the point. It's not just a vehicle to get to the jump scare. Like, the jump scare is yeah. kind of what works there. Yeah, I appreciate it when it's earned. You know, there are a couple, yeah, in, in exactly. Skinamarink, there are a couple of, of jump scares that are earned um, that I you know, I didn't really mind mind so much. So, it's like, if it's not cheap, like, then then I'm fine with it. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. There's another YouTube channel called um, Hi, I'm Mary Mary. Um, and it's basically using analog horror to kind of tell a, a almost like, uh, it, it's through, the, through a, a young girl who's like stuck in a house and she's all by herself. And she, mm-hmm. the only way that she can reach out to people is through YouTube, <laughs> which I think <laughs> oh, is super Christ. cool. Um, and I like the idea of using analog horror to also talk about like adolescent issues and, you know, especially like being growing up as like a young woman. So there's like different things that are plaguing her in the house. There's like, like a, a ghost that's meant to represent like anxiety. And then there's like a, a weird kind of weird slutty ghost in the mirror. That's supposed to represent like <laughs> sexuality. Slutty, like, <laughs> um, And I, I think that's really cool too. So it's like, it's not just playing on your base concept of fear, but you can tell like higher stories using that same medium. So if, uh, if you're looking for more recommendations, hi, I'm Mary. Mary is another really good one. Yeah. Nice. Um, so this this thing, uh, just very quickly, step outside the analog horror bounds. Um, I find this once again. Uh, sorry to harp on about this, but this uh, this combination of nostalgia, after we had such a digital revolution in all these steps, um, I find it's such a I don't know. It, it's such a uh, anti romantic promise to all this change, all this technological development quote-unquote there, there are a bunch mm-hmm. of aspects there listen to the harari episode <laughs> we can't get into it again um oh, it's, yeah. it's just all, the, all these promises all these like we used to link technological developments equals better future equals and all that and we always were aware of those aspects of like but the atom bomb like okay yeah sure <laughs> but like on a look more... they can't all be winners sorry <laughs> sometimes you know and it's it's like we can have this back and forth about penicillin, uh, oh the assault rifle, you know, uh, <laughs> which is all not insig- day. <laughs> it's not insignificant. However, I do feel like we um, we kind of lament this, not to direct this quote out of of a shelf again, but once again, uh, the old world is dying and the new world cannot be born, and it's this element of like why why I think. Um, Analog horror is once again a good example of this, but to name another bad example of this, uh, that's social, and I would say analog horror is a lot more social, not industrial. Hmm. Uh, to name a social, um, since since Leslie said my Roman Empire, I can now <laughs> delve into some very very dark and terrible things, such as like cottage core and like you know this this element of like oh, oh yeah. I am fetishizing this this past that has never been there, and this this notion of false quote unquote nostalgia is so interesting to me because um there is i'll probably link it in the description but there is this amazing um uh, video essay is that this doesn't have enough subscribers called uh, fina jana who like talks about this kind of like um nostalgia and nostalgia colon why we miss everything is i believe it's what it's called and we miss everything because we all grew up on this american hegemonic uh media industry 
Like mm-hmm. we, we <laughs> some Europeans that I know, like kind of like want an American house with like the white picket fence and everything. That's not necessarily that popular over here, depending <laughs> on which part of Europe, blah, 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 and so forth and so on. But still, and I find this sub, almost supplanting of nostalgia even more insidious, like terrible and horrifying. Mm-hmm. Not so much mm-hmm. like, oh, the other has supplanted their desires onto me. Like, I'm not saying that. But I am saying like this this idea of like, for instance, once again, cottagecore, like, oh, I want, uh, I'm, I'm fetishizing rural life. I'm, fe- I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And I'm not, and I don't want to deny people anything. However... <laughs> These are not realistic. Oh, ideas. you just opened up a can of worms because I have so many thoughts on cottagecore too. Yeah, it feels very. Um, I say this all the time whenever somebody brings it up. It feels very like um, Marie Antoinette, like uh, the petite trianon to me. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, mm. I'm. You know, I'm. Aren't I so rural? Aren't I so pastoral? <laughs> and it's like, no, you live in a 1.5 million dollar house and you <laughs> can afford to feed like sheep and ducks and stuff, like. You you know, you have no concept of, like, how a real, like, I don't know, a, a real farmer in that time period, like, you know, sweated and, and labored and toiled. Like, it's it's very, like, it feels very, like, dress-up Barbie, like, cottagecore yeah. to me. Oh, I can't stand yeah. it. Yeah, it's like <laughs> LARPing so these aesthetics. It is, for... yeah. Oh, totally. It totally is, yeah. And not even taking, like a second to to educate yourself on like well how bad did people have it back then <laughs> turns yeah. out pretty bad sometimes <laughs> or like uh even like people who dress up like um like pin-up-y 40s kind of stuff although i will say that they they there is a a movement to kind of push back on that um and a lot of people who do dress in like kind of pin-up-y historical fashion do um they make it very clear that they are talking about like or their whole deal is vintage fashion not vintage ideals i think is their like little Mm. tagline um and they do educate you know they they take time to say like you know yes i dress like 1950s but here's you know all the really shitty things that were happening to people in 1950s and (laughs) and being a little bit more mindful of what they're doing so i do appreciate that but yeah it's still like it's very it doesn't feel very thoughtful to me sometimes yeah, and there there are good ways to do it. Like, uh, I, I don't partake in it, but like, from what I understand of Renaissance fairs, for instance, who have, by yeah. the way, uh, uh, historical uh, radical leftist roots, by the way, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> the, like, the Renaissance fair, like, it's just a lot more conscious and like less serious and so forth and so on. So, to people to say, like, oh, you just hate fun, like, okay, true, but that's not the point. Um, it's more, it's better <laughs> yes, that like do. you could have just done something meaningful, you could have done. With being more aware and like understanding these things, and and I feel like once again I'm not pinning it all on like this failed quote unquote failed digital revolution, but we we yearn so strongly for like the romantic ideals that we are just kind of like amalgamating them with nostalgia and like creating this like para uh, not parasocial um I don't want to say Mandela effect either what is what it's called <laughs> like I don't know this 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 uh, mal maladaptive vision I would argue of of both past and present and like, that makes sense yeah. mm-hmm. no i I wonder how especially in terms of cottage core and things like that they want to portray or or look at like this this false nostalgia of like oh, this is what we want, we want this like this return or this facsimile to this look and this lifestyle and whatnot, but they really don't. And I wonder how specifically like analog horror or what I, I'm trying to grasp at analog horror again, feel free to correct me. <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's why I, I'm here to be corrected uh, and to learn about this. And uh, I feel like analog horror can like kind of scratch at the like pristine surface. I mean, like mm-hmm. to, to get another uh, or two series of examples, like you have in terms of video games, which I am more familiar with. Um, you have a game like uh, Doki Doki Literature Club, which oh, looks like yeah. a funky, sweet, lovely visual novel. Oh, what a good game! Not. It's horror. It's it's absolute horror, and like it's it looks nice. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. What the? What? It literally does. There. <laughs> I I you know what I would I would put that under analog horror too because it is it is once again um i don't want to spoil it though i don't want to spoil it but i will say it's it's another example of the medium being the monster 
Um, and there's a really yeah. cool twist that happens at the end um, that if you haven't played it, what is wrong with you? You need to go play it because it's really good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely. Oh, I love that game. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think it's exactly like that scratch of like, oh, this is what you expect. This is what you want from this genre, from this kind of film, this kind of game. And here comes the thing that's like, well, yeah, but what if, what if <laughs> like it was this just really, really strong subversion? Yeah. <laughs> and like the game, the game is nice because it's like, this game has these and this themes. So beware. But it's like, you have no idea what's coming. Fun fact, I have not watched anything about the worst bits of that game. But I've read about them, and they oh, still freak me out. It gets, it gets crazy. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Um, I, I, I highly respect it. <laughs> uh, another on the thing... other hand... Oh, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, on the other hand, you have, like, uh, something which, you know, plays up a bit more silly, like... Uh, uh, fuck, what is it called? Shit, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I'm hairbrained no. today. I'm so sorry. No, um <laughs> It's a You're Friday, man. Here, We're so all just well. loosey goosey. We just need to get the game. Oh, uh, you have, uh, for example, like Hatofu Boyfriend, where it's like, oh, <laughs> it's pigeon dating, uh, visual novel dating simulator thing. And sure, but also, aside from literally being able to die in that game, there's some weird underbelly stuff that you can find in it uh, in a very good way. But it's like, what is going? What the fuck? There's like a ghost in the library. And then there's some like weird like government conspiracy. God, that, <laughs> that game is so crazy. It is. And it, it's like, it, it, it gets like, oh, this is what you want. This is what you think. And then it's like, well, but what if? What if we I like, mean, to, to, yeah. to try it at a... At a book, like something that I think does that a little bit is like, I mean, the obvious example would be something like House of Leaves and whatnot. But uh, I want to draw attention to like Mr. Be Gone, where the book is literally like, burn me, burn this book. You should burn this book. Uh, and then it's like, <laughs> oh. what? what am I getting into? Uh, fantastic book, done an episode on it. Um, so go listen to that. It's got our Vanguard and Kyle. Uh, it's great. But it's, it is i think that's something i always respect like to play with the medium and to like this this is a book or this is a film or this is a short film or this is a game and uh, how can we fuck you up yeah <laughs> yeah i i would make the argument with local 58 too because it is painted as a a a public access network channel like a local thing you it it's kind of uh you know scratching at your idea of community too you know you you watch those kind of channels for um news about events going on in your community or things that you know um news reports or things like that um and so for it to just be completely like but what if there's actually aliens on the moon i don't know if that's actually true <laughs> or not but <laughs> that's my interpretation of no, it but but i think once again you uh you said something that i find very interesting this idea of like that the horror is once again, as we have established, like nostalgic, but also um, it is maybe a window into what could have been. It's a very at a very yeah. fundamental yeah. level. It plays with this idea of a future of an alternative dimension, however you want to conceptualize it, um, of what could be. And once again, I I don't know necessarily how, build, how to build towards that, but I think that this med- approaching this meta contextually is endlessly fascinating because to link what I what we just said together. This um, that's also what's happening in my humble opinion um, uh, with with the cottage core thing. It's it's once mm-hmm. again I don't want to be harsh, but it's it's maladaptive. It's in the structure. It's, oh yeah. It's, and mm-hmm. so to <laughs> what happens when we like st- uh, stare into this what could have been so deeply that we think it's real, or that it's something that we want to like you know uh, pull out and like place onto ourselves and so forth and so on. And uh, since since we also opened the gate of video games, um, <laughs> a uh, s- sadly not a Doki Doki Literature Club or novel or what have you. I'm so sorry, Frank, but great pools, honestly. Um, <laughs> it's uh, uh, one the game that I really like is Signalis. I don't know if you guys know. Them. Yeah, Signalis. And, that's and a I great think that's, example. That's, that definitely plays with a lot of once again uh, this PS1 thing that we have been talking about and uh, the. <laughs> For those curious, the banner picture on uh, my uh, 
on the bad website um, on my profile. <laughs> it's um, <laughs> it is from that game, uh, and it, and, it, and it reads like. Uh, as we focus solely on new ways to instrument, uh, instrumentalize this barely understood phenomenon is like my favorite quote from that game. And uh, first off, if you talk like that, I'm in. I'm, a, you know, I, I know what I am. I'm a pretentious little fucker. Um, so when so to instrumentalize this barely understood phenomenon is, I think, exactly uh, the if I have to like be narrow with it, the cornerstone, the most fundamental cornerstone of analog. Um, mm. to just say real quick since we mentioned Kyle as well uh, Kyle has a pretty good one on False Nostalgia a pretty good video on False yes. Nostalgia I will link it into the description as well um, uh, he uh, well he talks about this this weird uh, YouTube channel that's, that streams uh, Nemo something something I, I forgot but anyway watch the fucking video um, so <laughs> it's it's good I promise and it, yeah. uh, they they like fetishize this new uh, this um Cold War nuclear family structure a lot in, in on that channel and uh, like once again he makes fascinating points and um, to once again say, say what Kyle said in the Clive Barker episode on Left Page um, mm-hmm. uh, where he says like well it creates this it creates this binary choice like continue or stop and I think that's exactly what happens when horror is the medium as you have been saying Leslie Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's the that's yeah. the that's the continuous choice that we have. Stop, go further. Stop, go further. And both yeah. now this place with that in a very interesting way, but also once again these uh, uh, what they call again dating not dating sense but visual novels uh, that that, <laughs> that you point out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, good. Um, no, I, I think something about that nostalgia is is significant. Bringing back something you said, Leon, in terms of like this American hegemony, because like. You and I are not American, yeah. and yet those well, images you are American, that they are United Statesians, but it doesn't roll off the tongue, so we just give it to them. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. Sadly, we normal, unfortunately, normally give them the continent in the the name, yeah. which is not right. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but we, you know, it's like we are familiar with what that fifties or that sixties is to the point where where you know the actual lived or more even like what a popular image of like the 60s in in brazil could be is like uh obfuscated by what the, by the american image uh i mean there's there's reasons for that because military dictatorship but <laughs> <laughs> even then the point that these um, united states images are more familiar more noticeable more identifiable than particular or specific or varied cultural experiences or imaginaries even histories is something that you know <laughs> does does doesn't get fucked with enough and if <laughs> mm-hmm. analog horror is doing that then hooray <laughs> i my favorite anecdote apropos of fucking nothing is that uh in the pokemon anime like the first season the american uh, adaptation of it had to photoshop out a rice bowl and put in a hamburger because they were afraid that <laughs> American children That's could very... not conceptualize eating rice. <laughs> There's so... a very famous scene where uh, Brock is holding an onigiri um, and it's you know the classic rice with the, the yeah. little bit of seaweed at the bottom and he calls it, hey, do you want a jelly donut? <laughs> and it says any... it looks nothing like a donut. <laughs> but yeah, there they especially in the 90s, they're there was, you know, people believed like, oh, there's no way that, you know, kids or anyone watching the show would connect to it if we didn't Americanize it in some way. Yeah. I, <laughs> once again, I, that's how, uh, when you industrialize culture, that's the type of situations that we're going to be dealing with. Like, in- industrializing yeah. anything non-material is usually bad. Uh, don't do that. Um, or... <laughs> The few good that it might spring, I don't want to like deal in black or white per se, but the few good things that might come forth from it rarely. Uh, well, if there's a positive example, please feel free to inform me, dear listener. Oh, yeah. uh, I don't think it exists, um, but <laughs> but it rarely, rarely results in anything good, I believe. So, yeah, that's, I don't know. So I don't know oh, if there's anything uh, <laughs> we, we want to like. I, I have been run dry. My notes okay. are... <laughs> have been wrung out <laughs> no good no it's, uh frank 
I'm, I'm glad that I've had enough to say, frankly. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, this 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 is a fun, this was a fun experience. Uh, but yeah, I, I I am just always on board for things screwing up with medium and, and aware of like mm-hmm. the various circumstances and conditions that like them being a piece of media entails. That like, yeah, no, I'm I'm a video game and I can do this, this, and that, and I can, you know break expectations in these and these ways and let's do it or no I'm, I'm a piece of i'm a film or i'm a short film and i'm, I'm using a youtube channel and I'm doing this this and that or no i'm making a feature-length film and i'm doing like using these different cameras and this visual style and, and so on and you know you, you could say the same about music um but that's that's where my my knowledge is becomes rarer and rarer uh, <laughs> from a more academic point of view uh but i'm just um I, I don't know much as like as a I don't know closing thought of mine like I don't know much about or didn't <laughs> now I do uh, I didn't know much about analog horror but I am fascinated by it as as you know this this connecting point and this scratching and things and there's like uh these glitches these instabilities these weirdness this these longing sense of things being wrong and weird and strange and just off like i i I respect that so much i can't handle it i really can't (laughs) but i i i think it's fantastic right i i think that's that's one of the best things that horror can do and you know you're playing with the medium as well so yeah hell yeah yeah i I, just real quick we don't have time for this so i'm not gonna like get into it but I, it's interesting to say music because it reminds me a lot. Analog horror is to me um, like what sampling culture is in hip hop, for instance. Mm-hmm. It's this reinvigoration oh. of old and uh, culture that also still belongs to you, like these old records that your parents listen to, and you like because that's how that uh, came out to be. It's now it's a multi-billion-dollar industry, hip hop, but it used to be like a culture that. Once again, got industrialized there, listeners. Like I said, nothing good comes from it. But this culture that had no budget, that nobody believed in, and so forth and so on, and is now, I believe, the most profitable genre of music in the world. Um, I'm not quite sure if that's true, but it w- wouldn't surprise me. I believe it. It's, it's yeah, precisely. <laughs> and it's because it's like, at least in popularity, it is like, um, like I believe, uh, continuously the most listened to genre on like going to go to Spotify and Apple Music and so forth and so on, which I would like to wildly conjecture that means something. Uh, feel free <laughs> to disagree with me, dear listener. I'm not dealing once again in black and white, but that, that this precisely this dedication to reinvigoration of what was once there and like utilizing it and synergizing it and words and words and words um, into like something new and that, that you're passionate and sincere about, I think is fascinating always. Mm-hmm. So the last the last thought that just came to me is that I think it's so interesting that in media, especially in like visual media, movies, video games, there's only there's only so much there's only so far you can go forward. I'm talking about in terms of like graphics or like visual mm-hmm. design. Um, you know, there's o- there's only so much you can do to make a video game look realistic there's only so much you can do to make a a movie look you know crisp and clear and and almost real life but there's far more things you could do when you're going backwards oh yeah and and i think that's really interesting so like by going backwards and like kind of like by regressing you're actually being really innovative so i'm really interested to see like what comes next oh yeah no that's something i often struggle with with like how do we conceptualize a uh, future and uh, past? And then also how, how the fuck does even the present fit into in between those two things? Because both <laughs> both of them are vast. Both the past is vast and the uh, the future in its possibilities is vast. But it's a different kind of vastness. Mm-hmm. And anyway, we don't have time for that to get into that now. <laughs> but and I could go on about like different kinds of core and whatnot, but we, that, that, let's, not, let's not do that. Um, I, uh, it's just depressing. I do have... Uh... I, I have a provocative question okay. that came up from something you were mentioning, Leon. So this is something I want to ask you both. Uh, this is half serious, but probably not very much. Um, are YouTube poops analog horror? <laughs> um, no, because there is no horror, I think. So, But it is analog, so to speak. Uh, yeah, so it's it's halfway there. 
it's fair uh, enough. It depends on the game, maybe <laughs> that you are pooping. True. Um, mm-hmm. Is is the game like uh, evoking in a sense of horror uh, to you? Like, for instance, to to then unify this whole uh, high fidelity thing that is horrifying to me. This obsession with uh, photorealistic graphics, for instance, that we have like talked about a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, that that <laughs> that I fear. Because it means I am going to have to buy a new graphics card. So fuck that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's terrifying. So it's, it's a very real direct <laughs> material horror for me. Because once again, I was like happy with like PS4 graphics. Like that era of graphics, it doesn't need to be better than that for me. Um, you can like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I care more about like performance always over like how yeah. a thing looks. Yeah. And that's just, I don't know, this... <laughs> And I get it because once again, it's a thing that's an industry because we need to sell this graphics card. We need to like get like uh, the the, uh, the uh, Q1 call is like okay, well we're going to need to sell another graphics card this year. And so the investors are like, yeah, please sell another fucking thousand dollar graphics card. And anyway, I'm not going to get into it, but it, it hurts me <laughs> deeply. Uh, and then especially because these PC games are like poorly optimized as well. So this this but to then okay, last question or <laughs> last thing. Um, when is like the last time? Because I don't know. Uh, when is the last time that like it, this high fidelity, this this photorealistic game that has come out in the past two years that is still regarded fondly? Like this, there was this such big crash around this Cyberpunk 2077 that was was supposed to be the 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 if if gaming had a Jesus come again, it should have been <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077. The way oh, the people Lord. always are talking about it, and. <laughs> And now I regard it with this with this horror because I once again I wasn't hyping up that much, but I thought it was going to be good. I thought it was going to be definitely not as bad as it was. So I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. It's a, sorry. Um, go I was gonna say I think maybe Elden Ring maybe is the thing that gets uh, closest. You know, because yeah. there's yeah. definitely um, you know it does look very realistic, it, as fantastical as it is. Um, but yeah, I think that's it for me. I would say that still that then the high D textures are not as like uh, high definition as like the Demon Souls on the PlayStation Five, for instance, or like oh a, true, yeah. But like you mm. know, it's 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 gorgeous, it's beautiful. But I would still say that is it's not photorealistic or that super high fidelity. Um, mm. Like uh, yes, but but yeah, fair enough. I would say still that, but that's one, and I can't think for the life of me because every genre defying <laughs> game. Uh, Baldur's Gate, uh, Hades, uh, like all these games that we have talked about, have always been like smaller-ish games and so forth and so on in budget and in uh, a non-triple-A studio, which I, I hate that term, but mm-hmm. just, just for functionality <laughs> here. So yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. Once again, I, I, can, I, I can go on about that, and, but I won't. I won't. Don't, don't worry. Do listen. Next, <laughs> Next time. time. <laughs> Next time. It's, yeah, but, but once again, I do think then that there is such potential within things that function like analog horror. That, that's it. That, that's, I'll, yeah. I'll shut up. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, uh, thank you so much for coming on, uh, Leslie. Yeah, uh, thank you lovely. so much for having me. Oh, I'm so the, glad I got to like get all of that out in the open. <laughs> maybe the most dense episode of Here Be Media based on time, because we have never been under an hour. So wow, got, efficient. You got, you got, efficient. There you go. <laughs> you got 25 seconds to plug yourself. Go. Uh, yeah, check out Fangs for the Memories. Um, you can check out our Patreon, um, all of our social media links, and get the episodes wherever you download podcasts. You can check it all out if you go to fangs.zone. Hell yeah. I will link your socials <laughs> in the description, and uh, please go follow Leslie wherever Leslie is found. Wow. Please do. Uh, take you. care, everyone, and we will see you guys soon. Bye-bye, everyone. <laughs>